past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad that you're here and you're going to be glad that you're here because today we're talking about 2021. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to look forward to 2021 and all of the hope that it can bring for us in moving moving forward with our work and with our lives. So this is something that my organization, Career Thought Leaders, does every year. We go and we figure out what are the trends that are coming up for the next year and what does that mean for our career service providers and, of course, the clients that they work with. And that is an event that we do every year. It's called Career Jam, where experts forecast the new and the next. So that's coming up next week. Career service providers are welcome to join us, but you as a listener are going to get the benefit of hearing these topics and hearing some specific topics and trends and things you can do to perhaps buoy yourself as these trends come in or take advantage of them because you know ahead of time that they're coming. So let's dive in here, our top three trends for this year, and these are chosen by sending out a, a, a survey to the individuals who've attended this event in the in the past so they're forward-thinking folks and the, the top three that we chose this year were emerging jobs and technology and remote work and virtual job search so all somewhat tech related which of course is going to be a big theme for all of us as we've all moved remote with our work but we're going to talk about today some of the data behind what's going on there and then what that means for you But first, I want to start with some of the trends that we're seeing come up in the next year that you could take actions now to help yourself get through these. They're coming, going to face a lot of us in the workplace, and they're not necessarily positive. However, that's why I want to talk about them now so that we can do what we can do now to do the best we can do to get through all of these things that are going to be happening in the next year. So, One of them, this just came out in the jobs report from October, is that the long-term unemployment numbers are up. The unemployment number itself has gone down, which is great. That means more people are, uh, are working. However, the percentage of people that are unemployed who have been unemployed for six months or longer, which is how they define long-term unemployed, that spiked. It went from 19% of the people that are unemployed in September to 32% of the people who are unemployed in October had been unemployed for six months or longer. Now, why does this matter? Why do we care? Because when you've been unemployed for six months to nine months or longer, a lot of data, (laughs) I went through all this data a few months ago, if you're interested in it, send me an email, I'll send you the link to to the live. But a lot of data shows that when you've been unemployed for six to nine months or longer, you start to face unemployment bias, which means that then things start to kind of compound on themselves, right? Now you've been unemployed and you're facing the challenges that everyone faces when they're unemployed for that long. And you're also facing the challenges of getting hiring managers 
to look at you in a positive light because this unemployment bias starts to creep in. So what can we do now to prevent this from happening if you're on the cusp or you're working with clients who are on the cusp? And then, of course, what can we do to help you if you're in this group of folks who's been unemployed for six months or longer? And this isn't new to us who've been in the field for a while because of course it happened in 2009, 2010. In fact, the percentage at that point in 2009, it went up to 42% of people at one point in 2009 had been unemployed for six months or longer. So I feel like those of us who've been in the field for a while have some strategies that we created and worked on and, and tested during that time to help people get back to work faster. I'm gonna share some of those with you today. And the things you can do right now that might help prevent that from happening to you if you are unemployed and starting to see that it may be a while before you get back to your job. So let's talk about why unemployment bias happens. The number one reason that people that this happens is a mismatch in skills. So the job that you were doing gets eliminated and now it's harder to find a new job because that type of job is just simply not there or not growing. This is going to be huge during the next few months because, of course, a lot of the people who've been laid off for six months or longer were in hospitality, tourism, uh, travel fields, event management, maybe restaurant. Those have gone back to work somewhat, but not at full scale yet. And so they're struggling to find jobs because there's a skills mismatch between the things that they're applying for and the things that they've done. So here's the frustrating part about this. I had someone comment on one of my LinkedIn posts this week, why don't people just take a job, take a job that's beneath them, you know, just take a job. Well, here's the thing. That's really not how hiring works. Companies want to hire someone who's done the job that they're hiring for. And even when they're short-staffed, they tend to be very slow in hiring people that haven't done that work before. So if you haven't done warehouse work, you're going to be lowest on Amazon's list. Even if you're very qualified, even if you were, you know, have tons of degrees, you're not going to be high up on their list unless you can show that you have the skills they're looking for from the work that you've done. We have to be the ones, as career service providers or, or clients ourselves, have to be the ones that connect those dots for the employer to show that we have the skills that they're looking for. So if you're finding positions that are open or growing, that's great. We really want to think about what positions that are open or growing use the skills that I already have. And that is the sweet spot. So the first step of that is to, of course, figure out what skills do you already have. Going back through job descriptions, going online and taking a skills assessment, going on ONET, O-N-E-T, online.com. You have to actually spell out ONET online, onetonline.com, and put in your skills. See what types of jobs come up. Put in your job titles. See what types of skills come up. When you do that, you start to see the skills separated from where you did that. So these are the skills that I have. Then you can find jobs that also use those skills. Now, LinkedIn has recently launched a new platform, the LinkedIn Explorer, and you can go on there and you can type in job titles and it will kind of connect it to skills, but it doesn't connect it to open, you know, what types of positions are open right now, which is okay. It still gives you some thoughts. 
again, you can go into something like ONAD Online, and it will show you related positions to the skills that you type in. You can also go to a job search engine like Indeed or some of those other, Indeed.com, Glassdoor.com even might be a good place to do this. And you go in and type in some of those skills and see what jobs come up. And what you're looking for, really, when you're unemployed and you're facing long-term unemployment, you're looking for the closest match between what you've done and what this new job is. Because the closer of a match it is, the more likely it is that that person will see that you can do the job. You're still going to have to translate. You're still going to have to do the work to show them the skills from your previous job in a way that they can see it applies to the future job. But when you find that close of a match as possible, that's where the sweet spot's going to be for a quick move. So you're looking at the role that I do. How can I stay as close to the role as possible if I have to switch industries? So maybe I need to go from hospitality or tourism to something, you know, customer service, healthcare, whatever might be growing right now. And in that new industry, I want to stay as close to the job role, the everyday tasks that I've done as possible to be able to make that transition. So that's the number one reason that long-term unemployment happens is this skills mismatch. And one, our struggle to connect the dots between our skills and these open positions. And two, because there, although there's a lot of programs out there to try to reskill us and do all of that, it's still a struggle. There's not a place where you can go online and type in all your skills and it's going to pull up, you know, these are the best match open jobs for you. You're going to have to hunt and peck around a little bit to find that. And you can do that by first getting those skills kind of separated from what where you've done to just what you've done and then going into some of those other resources and finding the job titles and other matching types of jobs that align with those skills. And then you're looking at industries that are doing well right now. And Glassdoor has a great list of those. Indeed has kind of the hot industries right now on top. And don't be intimidated. This is the thing that happens to us on the individual level. We look at that and we say, I've never worked in healthcare. I can't work in healthcare. I've never done that before. That's okay. They will hire someone who's never worked in healthcare if you can show them that you've done that job. So you've done customer service. Now you're just going to do it in healthcare. You've done record keeping. Now you're just going to do it in healthcare. Whatever it is that we can show we've done that function, we're much more likely to get someone to hire us in when we've never done that role. The biggest challenge, the thing I see a lot of people try to do that doesn't work is to you know completely say, okay, I'm a software engineer and I can't find work, so I'm going to go apply to Amazon and be a warehouse worker. Well, unless you have previous warehouse experience or somehow we're doing that during your software engineering job, they're not going to hire you just because you think that's an easier job because they want someone who's done that job before that can step in and do it tomorrow. So when you're thinking about transition, you're really looking at the closest match. Some of the other reasons that long-term unemployment happen is because once you get this gap, you have that unemployment bias. So we're going to talk about some ways that you can combat that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about all of our moms at home. If you've been following the news or any of my posts, you know that there is a huge population of moms who have left the workforce during COVID. And they are hopefully going to get to go back, especially next fall if the kids go back to school. And what can you do if you're in that situation or dad, maybe you're, you're working dad that had to quit to stay at home. How can you fix that gap so that you can get back to work? 
And then we're also going to talk a little bit about the tech piece, not just in job search, but also once you get a job, you're going to have to know and work and, and seamlessly be able to integrate with a company without ever meeting anyone. So we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. And again, these are all part of our career jam topics, careerthoughtleaders.com backslash career jam. And we'll be right back here on the Career Confidant to cover some more of these trends. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about 2021 trends and especially the things that people can do right now to maybe prevent some of these from happening to you or to take charge and, and short circuit them. So the first thing we were talking about was long-term unemployment. And I'm going to shorten my approach to this with reality check, research, reskill. So reality check is figuring out what's going on in the market. What are your skills and where can you find the mismatch? Then research what is growing, what's going on, what jobs are out there, where might your skills match? And then if you need to, 
figure out those places that you can reskill and be really thoughtful about that, especially if you are unemployed and you have limited resources. And there are a lot of free trainings out there, but that doesn't mean that it's free, right? It's still your time and investment in doing that, and especially if you're trying to homeschool your kids and do everything else on top of that. You want to be thoughtful about what reskilling opportunities you dive into. So do the research first to figure out what jobs are out there Where are your gaps and what might help you connect those dots? The great thing about doing some reskilling right now is that it will allow you to fill this gap that might be coming in on your resume. And I'm going to say that you can reskill a lot of different ways. So you could take a class. You could also take on a project. You could take on a volunteer project. You just want to be really thoughtful about what it is that you take on. Is it helping you build the skills or use the skills that you want to use moving forward so that when you put it on your resume, it's not just a gap filler. It has some meaning. And a class can be a, a great way to do that. We want to be able to talk about what you learned in the class or maybe what you applied. A lot of classes have suggested projects and I would encourage you to do those projects as much as possible so that you have something to put on the resume other than just attending this class. Go out and find some way that you might be able to use that skill to help someone right now. Tons of people needing help, right? So if you're in marketing, is there someone that you could help with their marketing? If you're in customer service, is there a way that you could help someone you know um, with their the customer service for their business? Might be creative, maybe talking with the people in your life and brainstorming. What are some of the ways that you could do this right now, even though you might not get paid? And a little bit and in the time that you have, and if you're a mom like me and you're working or you're unemployed and you're trying to take care of kids at home homeschooling, I can imagine and, and that time frames. There's a lot going on. How could you squeeze in just a few things, maybe a week, so that when it comes to that point of you're ready to go back to work and you're going to put those things on your resume, you have some something to put on there. And if you are unemployed and in that place where you might be feeling like you're going to be chronically unemployed, making some of those connections that doing some of those projects will help you do is going to be critical to keeping you moving, not just from a networking standpoint, but from a mental health standpoint and a mindset standpoint. When I feel like I'm contributing and I'm using my skills and I'm adding that value in some way, that's what that's what you want to look for, those little opportunities that you might be able to squeeze in and start with the people that already know, like, and trust you and brainstorm with them, have open conversations with them about, you know, hey, who do you know that might be able to use someone that that does customer service right now? I'm not looking to get paid, just looking to get my, you know, get my feet wet again and, and start getting some of these things done. So the main reason there that people are unemployed is that skills mismatch. Another reason that people often stay unemployed long-term, and I saw this in 2009, is a mismatch of expectations. So I've been seeing some people talk about, you know, don't take a salary, don't take a salary reduction right now. Well, let me tell you, if you've been unemployed for four to six months, it may be time to do your research again, understand what the rates are for what you do, and be realistic because salary negotiation isn't walking into some place and saying, this is what I'm going to take or nothing, unless you're already employed or you have a lot of prospects, right? Salary negotiation is understanding what's going on in the market right now. What are people offering? What, who are they offering that to, right? But what levels? 
and then making sure I'm getting paid the market rate for the experience that I bring. So you want to do your research. You still want to negotiate your salary by all means. You don't want to have unrealistic expectations that are keeping you from going someplace that might actually be a good place for you to go because you haven't done that research again. So do your research in the last few months. Talk to some people who are in your field, who are working. What are they seeing in terms of salary trends? You do not have to ask them how much they make or how much you know that new person got hired at. What are they seeing in terms of salary trends? So you can go into those conversations with realistic expectations and still negotiate for the best you can get but making sure that you're walking in with those expectations. So Alexandra Levitt came on this the show a while back, and she was talking about the secrets of successful job seekers, a study that they did in 2015. And one of the secrets to successful job seekers is that they understand their non-negotiables, and they also know when to compromise. It's a double-edged sword, right? You know what you need to have, and then you know where and how and when to compromise so that you can get into that job. And you may be compromising on the exact exact job that you're gonna be doing. You may be compromising on a salary. You may be compromising on the location. You may be compromising on the percent, you know, maybe it's a 50% job right now or something. I don't know, companies are doing all kinds of creative things, right? So figure out what do you absolutely have to have? Where are you willing to compromise? And then when you're looking for things and you're having those discussions, Keep your mind going on what does this look like and how do I make sure I'm getting the best opportunity for myself that I can get while also not getting in my own way around having the, the unrealistic expectations. I'm seeing a little bit less of that now that I saw in 2009, but just want to throw it out there as the secrets of successful job seekers taught us that it's one of those secrets. One of the other secrets is focus. We talked a lot about that in the first segment, just really clean, keying in on what you bring, what your value is, and what types of roles are going to be the best fit. Not trying to go down too far, because when you try to go down a couple of steps, people say, oh, they're overqualified. I don't want to hire them. They're just going to leave. And not, you know, not shooting, overshooting the runway and not going, trying to go down because that doesn't necessarily make it easier to land a position if you go down too far. So the other thing that creeps in here is the idea of bias. And I'm having a lot of people talk about this coming into play more and more now as we move into that employer's market in, in some sectors, not in all, but in some. And employers are starting to feel like, oh, we've got a lot of applicants. We've got to figure out a way to work through them better, easier, faster. And it just opens the door for unconscious or implicit bias where people not necessarily thinking about why they're choosing this person from the pool, um, but they're they're putting some bias in there. So we see age-related bias. We see ethnicity-related bias. We're starting to see more ability and justice-involved related bias. And it'll be interesting to see how the degree-related bias goes in this recession in 2008, 2009. There's definitely still people that had a harder time getting a job if they didn't have a degree. A lot of people have been talking about how now degrees are not as important and people are more looking at skills and boy, I hope that's true. And we'll see on the other side. When you are faced or feel like you're being faced with this bias, here's my tip for you. 
think about why people have that bias. Why are they biased against those individuals? If they're, they think someone's old so they can't learn as fast or they won't have as much energy or whatever it might be. And that might be a hard thing to do because it's kind of sitting in that other people's yuck, those shoes, those yucky shoes that we don't really want to be in and none of us want to think that we're ever in, although most of us have biases. But what is it that they're biased against? And then think about how you can proactively, positively communicate the opposite message. So if people think that older workers don't have energy or they're not, you know, going to be committed for the long term, communicate that positively and proactively before they can ask those questions, before that might creep in. Show excitement. Use those words in your cover letter. Show that energy. Put out a video. Do something that shows you're up on the latest technology, you know, whatever that might be without being unprofessional. You know, if you're not ready for TikTok, don't go do TikTok. But show the show people that you're up on the latest technology, that you're engaged, and that you know what you're doing. And that can help get in the middle of that thought because they want to have that thought of, oh, this person can't do that. But then they see the proof. And it's hard to, to keep that, that cognitive dissonance in our minds. So think about what they might be discriminating against based on what you feel like you might be facing. And what could you do to proactively and positively address that before it comes up? And make sure you're not feeding into any of those biases, stereotypes, as you're going through the application process, which really starts while you're branding yourself online and communicating and being on social media, whatever it might be, where people are going to find those social media activities before they interview you, make sure all of that aligns with what you want it to look like proactively and positively, not playing into those stereotypes. And that can go across all different kinds of bias. Also, obviously, look for places that appreciate and welcome whatever it is that is your unique flavor, right? If you're older, find places that you see older people on their websites and it doesn't seem to be a big deal for them. That's not 100% and fix, fix the problem. I recommend doing both and and looking for those opportunities to connect with people who do appreciate are writing about it, have pictures on their website that represent you. All of those can be a good way to get past that as well. And then, of course, if we're communicating our value and really connecting specifically how we add value to that employer, it breaks through some of those biases as well. So be aware that they're out there. Be thinking about how you can positive and proactively communicate your strengths and your value to the company. And then looking for those organizations that may be less worried about those things. So here's my warning on that. I've seen a few articles and thought leaders and things talking on LinkedIn especially about how everyone's unemployed right now so unemployment bias is not a thing it is a thing and it's going to start happening to people when they've been unemployed for six to nine months even though it's COVID the unemployment rate's been going down in some industries there still might be some you know thoughtfulness around hey this is something we're all dealing with right now But in industries that have a lower unemployment, you are still going to face unemployment bias when you're six to nine months out. So start thinking about now 
projects you could take on, creative things you could do to fill that gap so that you have as best of chance as possible of getting past that unemployment bias. How can you communicate what you've done and what you're doing in a way that connects to that employer's needs and skills that they're looking for? It needs to connect the dots and not just fill, fill the gap. And we can start thinking about that ahead of time if, if we're thinking about it. <laughs> so we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. We're going to talk a little bit more about tech and remote work all of the virtual interviewing things that are going on right now and more tips for you and your clients. We'll be right back in just a few minutes on The Career Confidant. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about our top three trends out of the six megatrends for careers in 2021, our Career Jam event coming up next week where career thought leaders will get together and talk about the new and the next in careers. And the technology piece of this is huge, right? I mean, obviously we're all at home and we're trying to work from home. The one thing that I want to recognize before we dive into this is the research that I found shows about 40% of jobs can be done from home. So when we think about remote work and people say well, everybody's working homely from or working remotely from home, it's not exactly true. The data shows about 60% of us uh, are not able to work from home full time, especially. And when we think about all the things that happen in our community, of course, there's a huge group of 
services that have to be done that cannot be done from home. Some businesses thought they couldn't be done from home and now they are doing more from home than they ever thought they could do like medical offices and financial services. And some of them got back to the office as quickly as they could because of security issues and data issues and and all of those things. So whether we're working from home or not, even if we're going back to the office, there's more technology involved. Even in the restaurant business, there's more technology involved than ever before, right? More people ordering from their phones and coming to pick things up and all of all of the ways that we're using technology. And uh, Mara Toflo commented on my post and, and pointed this out, of course, right? We've got people coming into businesses that weren't usually from home, that are now from home, and they're virtually onboarding 100%, right? You're getting started with a new company and you're starting virtual. You never get to meet anyone and companies are stumbling through this process, right? They didn't have a virtual onboarding process all ready to roll out in <laughs> in April or March. And then COVID struck everybody. So, you know, very few people have been super productive over the last six months and some companies may have a great onboarding process, but others might not. So the remote onboarding, remote leadership, and remote job search or virtual job search as we're calling it in our trends, it's all this long process for people, especially people who are unemployed, that is just, it, it's it's a mog, right? It's a, it's a mosh pit of what do I do and how do I do this and who do I connect with? And as Kamara pointed out, the really, the more we can do to be technologically ready to jump in on the first day, the better off we'll be. So finding out what systems people are using and getting on YouTube, doing some videos that we understand how Slack works or how Microsoft Team works so that when we get into the, the company, we can start integrating as quickly as possible and doing the, the work ahead of time Well, we're going to have to do it anyways because most likely you'll be using some of those systems as you video interview. People are doing more video interviews. 60% of companies are doing uh, video interviews. Obviously, more than that are doing virtual interviews right now. But people are wanting and needing employees who can deal with technology even if their job isn't going to be work from home full time. And that gives us an opportunity to to really learn and experiment, start jumping on and doing some of these YouTube tutorials or whatever it might be. Go to the company's website, Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zoom. Most of them have great tutorials on their own websites. Uh, We've been talking about the virtual interviews and the systems like HireVue, which is the one-way you know, one-way interviewing where you jump on and you record yourself and nobody's there and nobody sees you and you don't see anyone. You can go and, and look at YouTube videos on HireVue, you the website. There's all these opportunities to really learn about the technologies. And the challenge with especially virtual interviewing is you compile the nervousness of interviewing with the nervousness of dealing with the technology and people really don't get an opportunity to connect with you like they would in an in-person interview at all. And in fact, the data shows that people rate in-person interviewer, interviewees much higher than they rate the virtual interviewees. And there might be much, not much combo going on right now. Hopefully people aren't bringing in some candidates and virtual interviewing other candidates. But 
it shows that we're not our best selves on video. And most of it is because we're worried about how we look, how we sound, and the technology. So get those parts out of the way as much as possible early on. Practice, practice, practice. Jump on with friends and family. You, you know, you don't have to tell them you're practicing for an interview. Just have those calls and, and work on it. Sit at your computer and, and do it and see how it looks, see how it feels. And get that opportunity to get as comfortable with it as possible. Because it is going to be the way of the work for a long time. And when we can be more confident with it, it helps us do the things we know we need to do in an interview. Those things really haven't changed that much to practice and prepare and speak, all still important. Now we're just trying to do it virtually with the technology. What is, how do my outfit look? What's my background look like? And don't overdo all that stuff. Keep it to what you can manage. You know, yeah, you can add a virtual background now on Google Meetings, and you can add a virtual background on Zoom. Start with the stuff that is the most important. Your sound, your video quality, your background is is important. If you can't use your existing background, then think about using a, a, you know, a virtual background. The clothes that you wear do matter. You, You don't want to black, no, white, no, orange. Supposedly the worst color you can wear is orange. So you want to stick with things that are softer, more neutral, like a blue, um, you know, grays and browns can work depending on the tone. You're really thinking about getting the focus away from anything that you're wearing, really. So it's you don't want to draw a whole bunch of attention to that. You want the focus to be on your face, on making eye contact. So that's the other thing we want to practice is looking at the camera. All of those things are going to matter moving forward because more and more organizations are going to do these virtual interviews and new systems are rolling out all the time to do the one-way virtual interviews. So this is not going to go away even when, when COVID goes away. And one of my people on LinkedIn, Virginia Franco commented that, of course, we've got all of this pent-up excitement around a vaccine and what that might mean. And by quarter two of 2021, could we all be back to normal and trying to, you know, go to conferences and travel? And boy, does that sound great. And I hope so. And, And still companies will probably use some of this technology that now they've paid a lot of money to to bring in. So being comfortable with it's going to be important. And more companies are getting to be less geographic dependent with their positions. So I've talked with a lot of people who are searching for jobs right now, searching at companies and positions that used to be located in a certain place are now saying that they can be done remotely. That's great. Opens up opportunities for people all across the nation, all across the world. And it means that we've got to know our technology. We've got to be comfortable with it. And, and the virtual job search <laughs> really is just preparing you for that remote work experience, especially the somewhat um, awkward remote onboarding process that I'm hearing from a lot of my, my job seekers right now. So get ready for that. Be ready for that and think about how you can take control of your technology to to get started as fast as possible in a position. I remember starting my first job Maybe my second job at the university, which wasn't all that long ago. We're talking like 2005, something around in those days. And the first whole week 
I didn't have a computer because they were waiting to get my login and I couldn't log into this system yet and I couldn't log into that system yet. It was just so awkward, right? There was nothing you could do. My boss was trying to give me manuals to read and things to do and and I think, what if, what if there was something I could have done to be up faster? And you can try. Learn the systems, ask what they're using, and do everything that you can do to be ready to onboard digitally much faster. We're going to talk in our last segment about new grads. So what do the data look like and what do the projections look like for the 2021 graduates? And what can we help them do to get started now to fill those gaps and to take control of their job search a little earlier, as Sarah Johnston said, probably not the good year to wait until a few months before graduation to start looking for a job. In fact, even if you're not graduating until May 2021, now is the time to start doing some of these things, and we'll talk about what some of those actions are when we get back from our break, because they're showing that the projections for the class of 2021 are a little bit better (laughs) than the hiring prospects from 2009, so they're making that comparison, and they're not too much lower than what people were doing in 2020, of course, realizing that 2020 had already started to be impacted by COVID and that the hiring in May of 2020 was already impacted by that. There are there are people hiring and there will be people hiring in 2021 and there will be opportunities for our students. How can they start to connect to those opportunities now is really the question and how can they start getting themselves in the position to be the, the competitor for those roles. So we're going to take a short break. Again, if you're joining us, we're talking about the trends for Career Jam, careerthoughtleaders.com backslash career jam. And we'll be back here in just a few minutes on The Career Confidant. The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we have been talking about how to get ahead of some of these trends that are coming in 2021 that may negatively impact our career. So we're talking about long-term unemployment and gaps and doing what we can, getting creative to fill those gaps with learning and projects and things that use the skills we want to use that we're moving forward doing our research, figuring out what's in demand. So you'll remember my three-part my three-part solution to un- unemployment, long-term unemployment was reality check, research, and reskill. So do that reality check first on what your skills really are. Research what is coming up, what is going next. Look at a lot of sites are tracking those trends so that we can see. And then reskill into the gaps so that we we'll really know that that reskilling is going to pay off for us and, and give us some ROI. We talked a little bit about gaps in the resume and moms that might be at home. Again, my solution there is during this time, find something to do, a project. I know a lot of moms are starting that side hustle. Think as much as possible about those skills that you want to move forward and start something that is in alignment with those so that you can use it moving forward. If you know you want to go back into the workforce at some point, then you want to find something in the meantime that's going to keep using those skills. So if you're not a salesperson, you may want to avoid the you know start your own business marketing things because it's not a good fit for your skill set. If you do want to get into those you know sales and marketing and those types of things, then that type of opportunity might be a great thing for you. There's other opportunities to use our skill set in the side hustle, whether that's writing or doing some you know, customer service or virtual assistance, especially in this virtual world, there's so many opportunities to take on little bits of work that might fill those, those gaps. And of course, not like we don't have enough going on at home. Find a little bit of time each week where you could do something that uses your skills and keeps you connected mental health-wise, mentally engaged in using those skills that you love to use. And then we talked about tech and really using the technology, getting as comfortable with it as possible, continuing to experiment. One of the other trends we're going to see is that we're kind of over the honeymoon of the virtual worker and the show up in your sweats and in your yoga pants probably is not going to be a long-term thing. People are going to start to expect a little bit more move back to the professional. Sarah Johnston did an article on dress and, and virtual dress just today on LinkedIn. And it is more comfortable. It still needs to look professional, and we're going to oscillate a little bit more back to that as we get out of this, you know, kind of honeymoon period of everybody being at home. So thinking about how we use the technology, the professionalism, and the consistency with which we can show up virtually on video as we're working, and of course as we're job seeking, so that we get more comfortable with it. And uh, thank you, Kamara Toflo, for pointing that one out. So the next one, moving to new grads. So Sarah Johnston had brought this up, and then also um, Cheryl Minnick, who's at the University of Montana, talking about how do we help new grads get ready for graduation. 
and uh, Sarah gave me the data that a third to a quarter of graduates typically don't stop searching, don't start, don't start searching until graduation. Yikes, don't do that to yourself this year. If you have young people that you know, start to gently help them figure out how to do some of these things now so that they can be positioned for a job in April or May. Start looking for a job pretty consistently and specifically in April and May and so that they're not in that rush of people who starts looking in May or June when graduation happens. So what could they start doing today? The thing that they could start doing today is really thinking about what they like to do. What do those jobs look like? Start watching job boards really specifically and targeted for the types of jobs that they think they might be posting. Then they can start collecting a list of target companies that they might want to work for that hire for those types of jobs. Once they have that target list, I recommend 25 to 50 companies get too much, overwhelming, too few, little narrow, especially if you're in this life phase, 25 to 50 companies that you'd be interested in working for and start figuring out how to get connected. Follow them on social media, comment on their posts. Like you got, all th- you got nothing but time, right? To build relationships instead of having to shove it all into May and June. So start now, research those companies, connect with their social media profiles, see if there's alumni from your organization that work there. Use your career services office and your alumni services office to make those connections so that you can start today. There might be opportunities for you to do a micro internship at some of those companies. So since you're rolling the ball here, you're leading the, leading the bowl, do, do it on your terms. Once you've got that company list, you could go and ask your career services office, you know, how would I go about trying to set up a micro internship for next semester at one of these companies? Is there an alumni person that I could talk to? Does a service like Parker Dewey, so Parker Dewey does micro internships, it's a platform, and go on there and see if the company has any micro internships on there. If not, your career services provider, or maybe even somebody at Parker Dewey, might help you think about how you could approach someone at that company to create a micro-internship. And if you have a micro-internship there in the spring semester, guess what's going to be a much more open idea when your graduation help happens, right? So figuring out how to connect now in a small way or in a big way with those target companies and and get your foot in the door or at least get your name known by some of the people there. Make those connections. Don't, you know, you don't want to be overly pushy, but that's the great part about starting now. You don't have to be overly pushy because you don't need a job right now. You just want to network. You want to learn more about the company. You're excited to learn more about what they do. You're in the perfect position to do career research conversations. I don't call them informational interviews. I call them career research conversations, networking conversations. You don't really need a name for it. You're just reaching out to people and asking if they'd be willing to talk with you a little bit more about what your, their company does because you're looking at their company being one of the potential employer, employers you're targeting as you, as you look towards graduation. Easy. One of the easiest positions to be in to get those types of conversations. Your career services people can help you reach out to those folks, figure out how to connect. As I said before, connect to alumni. Start now so that you can be ahead of the curve when when the jobs start to come up. And as I said before, the NACE, so the National Association of Colleges and Employers, 
they put out great research. If you're a student or a career services provider, well, if you're a career services provider, you're probably already following them. But if you're a student, follow them. National Association of Colleges and Employers, they put a great data around who's hiring, what, are, what, what does the hiring look like. Parker Dewey, another great organization to follow. Yes, they have the micro-internships opportunities, but they also just talk a lot about best practices for career fairs and what's going on in, in campus hiring. So you can follow them and and learn a little bit more by doing that as well. Pay attention to what your career services staff are putting out on a regular basis. Find out how you can stay connected so that you can learn about opportunities. The sky is the limit, I would say, on the things that you can do right now because you're in that position of not really needing anything from anybody right this minute. You can network, you can create relationships, you can do research, and you can lay the foundation to really be able to launch in maybe even March or April with some actual applications to those positions and understanding how campus hiring is gonna happen on your campus and being connected into those opportunities. And if you don't wanna be sitting on your parents' couch (laughs) in October, November of 2021, a year from now, then start now taking some of those steps so that, that you can be in in ahead of the other people who might not be thinking ahead for their for their job search. And many of you probably are doing that. So you know you can send this recording to your friends and they can they can start doing taking some of those actions as well. And uh, if you are you know, if you're looking for opportunities in the spring, it doesn't have to be a micro internship. Just look at projects, ways that you can get connected to businesses, ways that you could help organizations or businesses so that you can have some of those relationships, some of those connections, as well as some of that experience to put on your resume when you're moving into your job search. So those are the first three trends for a career jam. It starts on Monday. They are career services providers from all over the world coming together, joining together to talk about trends and what's next and your tips. What, what are you doing to help people move forward? And then next week, we'll also be um, talking about the, the next three on my live session. So we actually won't be live here on, on the radio on Career Confidant because we'll be doing Career Jam next week. But I'll be live on my Facebook Live on the next three trends for the top six trends for careers in 2021. So I hope you'll join us and let us know what you're seeing in the 2021 days that are coming. What are we going to do to help people get a career, get a job, and advance their career, and of course, the mission of this show, take control of their career direction and proactively advance their career. We'll see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.